What is up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of X Knows All. I'm so happy you guys are here. Not much to report on right now. Um, I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this week's episode. I have Tori from Ready to Be Petty on the show. We're talking biggest celebrity feuds. We kind of go all over the place, honestly. Not only do we talk about biggest celebrity feuds, but we also kind of just drop in other tangential comments, anecdotes, things like that that are related to the feuds that we're discussing today. You'll hear about the feuds of Lucy Hale versus Ashley Benson, Paris Hilton versus Lindsay Lohan, Kelly Dodd versus Heather Dubrow, Christina Hack and Tarek El Musso, and finally, the beef between Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift. We also open up about the news of Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox's alleged breakup. We just found out word of this this morning, so naturally we had to cover it on the show, but I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this week's episode. I just find it so funny that Tori is quite literally just like, she's a host of the people, you know what I mean? Like she is basically my co-host at this point. She's been on like two, like twice in the past week, but I wouldn't have it any other way. She's so much fun. We allude to this at the very end of the episode, but for those of you that are listening, on Sunday, February 12th, if you follow me on Instagram, at xnosall, please motherfucking follow me on Instagram because I need to be famous. Um, we are doing a Super Bowl live stream. If you listen to my two-minute segment that I released yesterday, we're partnering with a couple of my favorite pop culture podcasters and doing like a postmortem of Rihanna's live stream, or excuse me, Rihanna's performance at the Super Bowl. But it was so funny because this morning I was telling Tori, I'm like, yeah, so like last time you guys did the live stream for Taylor Swift's Midnights, you know, how many people showed up? Like 20? She's like, no, there were like over a thousand people. And I'm like, come come again? <laughs> like, what? Uh, I need to do my hair for this. I need to put on the ring light. I need to like look fucking snatched to the gods. I'm like really nervous, but I'm, you know, I'm praying to God that I get all the followers, you know, from it because you all know me. I'm thirsty as hell. Um, Let's see. In terms of a personal update... Oh, there's been so much going on and I'm not even ready to hash it out on the podcast just yet, but just know that I'm going to be focused super, super hard on this podcast. This is my bread and butter, what gives me so much joy and I'm excited to continue bringing you guys mini-sodes, you know, the advice segments. If you aren't familiar with what that is, I'm starting a segment on the show um, where I give advice to all my listeners. All you have to do is submit a question via the Google form that's linked in the episode description as well as a link tree in my bio, on my Instagram bio. Submit your question. You can choose to remain anonymous or not and I'll help you uh, resolve your quandary. Uh, let's see, what else? Let's give a quick five-star reviewer shout out to Cat Attack Ghost. Thank you so much for saying I do the research. I really try. Um, and I have another review from a sweet, sweet listener named Ash Nash. Um, she is truly an everything of this world girly. She's always on my DMs. And I think what a lot of you guys don't understand is if you follow me on Instagram, <laughs> I will literally, you'll become my best friend because I talk with you guys as if you are my friends. Like the shit I tell some of you guys that follow me and DM me on Instagram, like, I get so up close and personal with you guys that if I met you on the street, it would just be like, hey, let's get coffee. Let's hang out because you guys are truly my friends. With that being said, please follow me on Instagram. Like I just said, I listen to, I review every comment, review every DM. I respond to each and every single one. I look at every single one. You guys are the reason I do this every single day. It brings me so much joy no matter how much work it is. 
get so much fulfillment and so much joy from doing this. And the best part of it is connecting with all of you that listen. What else? Okay, last really quick personal update. It's my birthday in like a couple weeks, which is crazy. I'm going to be 32. I'm going to do like kind of like a fun little shindig with a couple of friends, go out, get a table, be ratchet, whatever. Um, I'm not usually a big birthday girly. I hate when all the attention is on me, despite, you know, my desire to be so famous. But I decided, you know what? There's been so many birthdays that have been so shitty over the past couple of years. I might as well make up for it. In, in similar fashion as what I felt with New Year's, like all my New Year's have been so bad, but I'm happy to comply with at least one good New Year's because it sets the tone for the rest of the year. My New Year's Eve was really good going into 2023 and I'm hoping to bring that same energy forward to my 32nd birthday. So if any of you guys are in Orange County, you guys can come. Let's fucking hang out. All right, without further ado, let's get right into the episode with Tori. I hope you guys like it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of X Knows All. I'm here with, at this point, <laughs> it's honestly like a joke. A like your face. I know. I know. fucking co-host of this show. Because you and I just <laughs> recorded I like know. four days ago. And this was not, this was not even like, I, I love it. I would have you on over and over again because you're an everything of the sort girly. And Thank you don't you. even need a goddamn introduction at this point. <laughs> Please welcome to the show, Tori, I'm ready to be petty. Hi, I am so happy to be here again. But yeah, I know this is the second time we're reading. And when we recorded the first time, you kind of alluded to it. You were like, we're recording all the time. And I was like, little do they know I'm back on the Sunday episode. I know. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it that like when I was saying that you were just like, yeah, I know. I'm. I'm, I'm Kate, okay, can yeah. I also just say one thing though? I low-key hate when we record because then I don't have an X knows all episode to listen to because I don't listen to myself. Like I think some podcasters do, but like I would never listen to an episode that I've recorded. And so whenever I record with you, I'm like, oh, well, then I don't get to listen to you know, your episode. Oh my God. That's, that's so nice. <laughs> I, I, I love to hear that. I feel like I totally understand what you're talking about. Like whenever I'm recording with someone else, I don't like to re-listen to the interview because I'm just like, ugh, I don't know. It, it, it's it, it grows me out. Yeah. It's so, it's so cringe. Yeah. Regardless, I'm really happy to have you here. Before Thank we you. dive into the topics, I really want to quickly touch on the fact that we found out Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly have allegedly broken up their engagement. We've just gotten word through comments by celeb. She's Megan Fox has deleted all photos of Machine Gun Kelly. She swiped it all from her feed on Instagram. Machine Gun Kelly, I did take a look at his Instagram. He does still have photos of her up. He doesn't have like any stories up, but her latest post is a picture. It's a pretty thoughty picture. She looks incredible in the photo. Um, the caption reads, let me pull it up right now. The caption reads, you can taste the dishonesty. It's all over your breath. Oh and it's photos God. of her in a bathroom with, I'm assuming maybe her hairstylist or her makeup artist. And then the last photo in the carousel is of a letter being dumped in the trash and now it's lit on fire. What are your thoughts on the most breaking news of 2023? Well, honestly, I feel like so many people had this on their bingo card. Uh, and the lemonade lyrics like 
fucking scathing, but I don't know. I feel like there's been rumblings of their breakup for a long time. So I feel like I'm not shocked from that standpoint. I'm always shocked by like big breaking news and stuff like that. Cause we just saw them at, I think most recently the Grammys. Yeah. But she had the concussion and like the broken wrist or whatever. And people were kind of alleging like maybe some like domestic abuse, like, or I don't know, just maybe they, you know, they've kind of detailed some stuff that they're into, but like, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird to think that we just saw them, but they didn't look super happy. So then I'm like, this kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, I was really shocked because, as you just mentioned, we saw them at the Grammys and they were hand in hand walking the carpet. Yeah. You know, as I do, and, you know, they're such a showy couple. There's so many couples in Hollywood that keep their relationship incredibly private. Like, obviously, the one that comes to mind is Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn. But when even when yeah. I think of, and we'll get into Ashley Benson in a little bit on the celebrity feuds, but yeah. Even when she was dating, she dates high-profile people. Like, the beginning of her Pretty Little Liar, she was dating Ryan Good. You know, then she was dating Cara Delevingne, which was, like, a huge relationship for Hollywood. And then she was dating g Easy. Like, she has a whole slew of famous uh, boyfriends, and she never walks carpets with them. And, like, that's just a random person that came to mind because we're talking about Ashley Benson in a second. But – it, it's it's so interesting that their whole relationship was so based on public image and public persona and doing things that seemed like almost for the general public to like one I think it was quite nostalgic for Megan Fox to kind of be back on yeah, the scene in the limelight yeah in the limelight because she was blacklisted from Hollywood for so long after kind of uh, fucking around with what's his name Michael Bay of Transformers yeah. after shit talking. Uh, the movie and making yep. it seem like she hated being on that film and mm-hmm. even though that was it's kind of like biting the hand that feeds you so to speak and I know totally. I'm kind of going into so many different directions but it's kind of nostalgic for us to see Megan Fox who was quite literally the it girl of the early 2010s I remember going mm-hmm. to college and everyone was obsessed with her like oh I they, know every guy had the poster of her and like the black bikini with a cherry like she was an iconic female celebrity then she got blacklisted we didn't hear for her for years Mm -hmm. she had children with brian austin green and now she was back on the scene with machine gun kelly and we were all kind of rooting for her i mean personally for me i don't know if you feel the same tori but i was always rooting for her i wasn't necessarily rooting for him i've watched old interviews of megan fox and i've always been like damn she's a fucking strong funny ass smart woman and I've always enjoyed her enjoyed her and I didn't really love Machine Kelly for her but I love that she was being brought back into the spotlight simply because of her relationship so I don't know this I went in a lot of different directions but uh I'm kind of low-key happy for her because she didn't seem very happy in that relationship Totally. Yeah. I'm hoping she finds someone that is, yeah, better suited for her, but then again, still maintains her level of like notoriety. Okay. My question though is, is like her in the limelight, obviously a lot of it is due to MGK, but like, has she had any projects in the books? Like, or is it literally just her relationship? I don't think she's had anything. I mean, I could be proven wrong and the listeners like screaming in the into the void being like no yeah. she had this I don't know but if she did it clearly wasn't a smashing success because yeah, you and neither I of us about it. yeah neither of us know about anything because it's just interesting like I hope she still yeah like can be famous if that's what she wants because I agree that it, it sucked so 
much, you know, just kind of the, yeah, the blacklisting that happened to her. Yeah. 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 I I wish her all the best. I wish her happiness. I think she's gone through much worse. I think she went through a divorce with Brian Austin Green and they share children together. So I have yeah. no doubt she'll bounce back as quickly as ever. Totally. Let's pivot. Let's pivot to the topic at hand. This week, we are talking biggest celebrity feuds, and they're more likely than not celebrity feuds that you may remember, and some that you're like, wait, what? Because I know when I was doing research for the show, I was like, there's so many of these that I didn't know about, or maybe I knew about, but I didn't understand the severity or how intense some of these celebrity feuds were, or how, I don't know, well-known they were to most of the public except, except me, so... Let's jump in to the first one, Lucy Hale versus Ashley Benson. And I don't know about you. Were you a huge Pretty Little Liars fan? No, which I feel like is a little bit like I feel like it's the type of show that people wouldn't really expect me to watch. And I read the books. I want to be clear. Like I was in high school and stuff like that. I read all the books. I was stoked for the TV show. But then when they like kind of veered away from the books, I was like, I'm not interested in this anymore. But it was huge. I was obsessed with Lucy Hale. Like, she really looks like my sister. I Like, my younger sister. I don't know. So I just have this, like, weird affinity for her, even though I actually know, like, nothing about her. <laughs> no, that's really fair. I, I was obsessed with the show. Me and my roommates in college were obsessed. I remember I would watch it on my little laptop. Like, it was such a, like, looking <laughs> yeah. back, I'm like, it was such an – a weird fucking show like it was so unrealistic so stupid but I, I was hooked I know um, and I think it's really clear for anyone that did follow the show that Lucy Hill always seemed to be on the outs with the other girls and spoiler alert next week's show may be about this show may or may not be. oh I'm excited for that yeah but it was very clear if you were a fan of the show that anytime on Instagram when the girls would post Lucy was never in the photos. I remember when Troy and Belsario went on her bachelorette party. I think it was in Italy. She invited yes. all the girls except Lucy. Yeah. It's very it's very clear that now when they're all hanging out together post-show, it seems like Shay and Ashley are still friends. They're still friends with Troy and But Lucy Hale kind of seems to be on the outs. And I've always – there's been a lot of speculation online as to what led to the fallout between Lucy versus the other girls. And I think it all stems from Lucy Hale's beef with Ashley Benson. So mm-hmm. the rumor is that when the show first started, Lucy had allegedly hooked up with Ashley Benson's boyfriend at the time. I guess they had all been at a party. Either Ashley or someone else walked in on Lucy hooking up with Ashley's boyfriend. I don't even know who this boyfriend is, who he was at the time, but – Allegedly, Lucy Hale was hooking up with one of Ashley Benson's boy with Ashley Benson's boyfriend in the bathroom. She was caught red-handed, and from that point on, Ashley kind of was obviously pissed at Lucy and kind of had the other girls band together against Ashley, which so created this kind of divide between Lucy versus everyone else. And as you as seasons go on, right, you could see that the cast were really kind of going out of their way, it seemed, to ignore her on social media. It seemed that every yeah. time they would post, it was always like, where's Lucy? Where's Lucy? What are your What are your thoughts? And like how much – obviously this is all alleged. Do you – based on what you know about the girls, do you think this could have actually happened? Yeah, for sure. Like I – I'm assuming something happened that made her be ostracized from the group. Like I feel like it's different when like one person has beef with somebody and then like – 
they don't get along, but everyone else likes them. But like you must have did. I feel like you had to have done something like bad where like everyone's like, no, we like don't fuck with this girl. Um, and it's very euphoria in the bathroom at a <laughs> at a party. But okay, this is what I'm curious about because I guess you could see it on the social media and stuff like that. But could you tell in the show, like, did they try to like write? Ashley and Lucy's characters like separate storylines so they didn't have to act together or were they still in like a lot of scenes together that's the thing I think the girls were quite professional on set because you could never sense a divide between any of them and I have a lot of feelings on this because I think when the show first began I feel like Lucy Hale was probably the most well-known of the cast because she had been on the show called Privileged on the CW a couple of years back. I remember I used to watch it. And she was just kind of like, I feel like her face was the most well-known. And I've also read some rumblings that, and I'll cover this more on the, you know, next week's episode and I'll dive more into kind of like the dynamics on the show. But it kind of seemed like Lucy was the star from the beginning. Yeah. And I don't think the other girls necessarily loved that. And 100%. I think it, kind of, it already kind of created like a target mm-hmm. on Lucy's back. And of course you add insult to injury. And then all of a sudden Lucy's hooking up with Ashley's boyfriend. Obviously that's, that's fucked up. I, I will say Lucy seems like a pick me. 100%. Do you remember when she went on that like, Runyon hike with Colton from The Bachelor. Give me a break. Of course I remember that. Like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, very pick-me vibes. And But you're right, though. It's tough when there's an ensemble, but but there's, like, clearly, like, kind of, like, one star. And, like, I would honestly kind of say that again. Like, I feel like none of these girls have been really, like, popping for the last, like, couple years. But Lucy Hale, like, she did have the Hating Game movie on Amazon Prime where she was, like, the lead and stuff like that. So I get that there, like, could be jealousy and stuff like that, even though I don't want to, like, again, just, like, lean on kind of, like, girl fighting stereotypes. But, like, it's tough to work with other people, I feel like, when – I don't know. I feel like you could just naturally be really competitive because you're all working really hard for the same thing. I I totally agree. And I I think how could you not have animosity towards like you said if you're working on an ensemble show where there's not a singular person that is the star? Yeah. How can you help but not be competitive? And I remember what was what documentary was I watching? Oh, it was The Price of Glee on Discovery. Oh, Plus. yes, yeah. Did you totally. watch it? No, um even though I said I was going to and then I just I was like, you know, when it came it's so funny. I was so excited for it and then when it actually like came out, I was like you know what? I don't want to like relive some of this. It's really, I felt like Corey Monteith's death was really saddening for me. Um, especially cause he's like a BC kid like me. Like, I don't know. I just, wow. I'm like, I don't really want to relive this, but, um, you're right though. Like Leah, Michelle and like Corey, especially th- because they were a couple, it's very easy for them to like soar above the rest of the cast and low key. I would be mad too. <laughs> yeah. And the producers at Glee that were on the, which by the way, I actually don't recommend it for anyone that's like curious about it. I watched it with my sister and we were like this. I couldn't even, I think there were three or four parts. We didn't even get to the end, like the last couple episodes. Cause I was like, yeah. this just feels almost like, um, ugh, what's the word? 
exploitative. Yeah, sensationalized, exploitative. Yeah, for sure. I, I yeah. didn't like it, but th- what the producers did say was that when Glee first got on the scene, it was when Instagram was becoming a huge sensation, and uh, the the cast would constantly be on their phones, being like, "All right, who has the most followers?" who's yeah. gaining the most traction. Yeah. And so I can imagine, and Pretty Little Letters came out. I mean, it wasn't around just around the same time as Glee, but it was kind of around, you know, within a couple of years. Yep. I can imagine that. How could you not be competitive? Like, that's just in your spirit. You're, totally. And especially, like, I think about, okay, I keep going back. It always goes back to the hills. Of but course. Audrina mentioned in her book, she said the reason her and Lauren had a disbanding of their friendship, she's like, it was largely due to not even what just happened on the show and the drama that was fabricated by production, but a lot of it was based on the fact that Lauren, she felt Lauren was getting all the opportunities that she should have gotten, like advertising gigs or like, you know, she was partnering with certain, with certain uh, like brands and Audrina mm-hmm. was like, why am I not getting the same opportunities as Lauren? So it's, my point is when you're that young, you're trying to make it in the business you're the sensationalized huge star. How could you not feel an air of competition between your peers? Totally. And Lauren, I feel like also kind of made it that way because I remember with like cast salaries and stuff, she was like, I need to be the one making the most money. I guess she was also like, you know, the main character and the narrator. But like, I could definitely see how that was like fostered on that set. But also Audrina, it's like, girl <laughs> like, yeah, I guess in the, Lauren Conrad yeah yeah and it's like also like I guess in the later season she was probably doing even more scenes than Lauren when Lauren was like so over it over but it. yeah but that that's funny yeah yeah um yeah exactly I think Lauren did have like a huge um chip on our shoulder about 100 percent totally yeah Totally. And she was kind of like, that's why she was so pissed at Heidi and Spencer was because she wanted them written off the show. And I think she was telling the producers like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore if these two are going to be on the show. And she was very, she felt as if, which I kind of understand, honestly, she felt like all the cast members were indebted to her because she was the reason they were even famous to begin with. Totally. Which like, again, like I feel like I would feel like the same too if I wasn't in like heaps of therapy at the time or whatever like I feel like I would be like that too and like also she had like kind of the silver spoon Hollywood story where it's like she was the narrator of Laguna Beach and then got the spinoff so it's like she probably just expected to be you know like treated as a star so yeah yeah and I think Spencer Pratt has even gone on to say like they I think they try could be making this up or like fabricating this but I think he said something to the effect of he tried to get all the cast members to band together and kind of create a friends like like army and say, Hey, I want us all to make X, Y, and Z. And Lauren was like, absolutely fucking not. Like, this yeah, is they my did. show. Yeah. yeah. And um, I kind of love Lauren for that. You know, she's kind of like a girl. Like, I, I fucking hate her on Laguna Beach. I've been rewatching. I'm like, this girl is such a pick me. I cannot stand Lauren. I know, I know, I know. But the chick's got business acumen. Okay. One hundred percent. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. <laughs> Would be a greedy bitch. Um, Okay, let's move on to the most infamous fight of all time between the early 2000s between Paris and Lindsay Lohan. So we all know, speaking of Ashley Benson, her now boyfriend, Brandon Davis. I was just going to say, how is Brandon Davis back in the headlines? But for dating Ashley Benson. Which it totally fits for some reason. Yeah, yeah. 
So we all know this very infamous clip of Paris laughing alongside human human garbage can Brandon Davis when he's going off on his infamous rant of calling Lindsay Lohan a fire crotch. And it was, of course, topped off by Lindsay then calling Paris a see you next Tuesday to the cameras and then literally denying it 30 seconds later. Have you seen that? that clip? Yes. Yes. When she's like, Lindsay Lohan's a cunt and she has this like smirk on her face mm-hmm. and all the photograph photographers are like, wait, what was that Lindsay? Say that one more time. And she goes, Lindsay Lohan was such a fucking maniac. This is why I absolutely love her. She goes, I never said that. Paris is my I friend. Know. I know. I love Paris. I know. Like it's- Lindsay, you're an insane person. It's very like serial killer-esque. Like it was wild for sure. But I just feel like this like lives on in infamy because it was also so like indicative of the culture of like the paparazzi culture and stuff. Um, and like and tearing women apart. Totally, totally. And, and just getting caught saying bad things or being asked questions and, and stars. And I feel like nowadays are generally just kind of like, Oh yeah, like they're great or whatever. And like back then they they did not say that. <laughs> they're the statements now made by celebrities are so cookie cutter PR finessed. I know, I know. That we no longer get this raw. It seems like we don't get as much raw footage. I mean, we do get raw footage to an extent because we now have access to their Instagram and their private lives. But when it comes to candid photography statements made post clubbing, those don't happen anymore. Totally, totally, which sucks. And I feel like actually now that things are so buttoned up, that's why it kind of like kind of bred a ground for internet sleuths because it's like we get so little that people are like tearing into every statement and stuff like that. Whereas before it'd be like, oh, what do you think? Like did Paris and Lindsay have a falling out? And it's just like, oh, we know because they literally just straight up told us. Yeah, that's that's so true. I feel like that's why the Reddit culture is so high now. Yes. Because you have these web sleuths that are literally like you can like solve true crime by dinner time. But you can also solve like the intricacies of celebrity relationships and feuds on Reddit, which is why I'm obsessed with Reddit. Me too, me too. And like Paris and I think Paris was on Well Watch What Happens Live and she was like, We don't have a feud anymore. Uh like I just got married. Lindsay just got engaged. So like we are like, you know, mature women now and stuff like that. But it's so funny because like in the same breath, she was like, yeah. So anyways, that night where I was out with Brittany, (laughs) um, Lindsay just like jumped in the back. Like it's just so like she's so shady in that way. So I don't know if they're like actually good nowadays, but if they're not, this is like what, 20 20-year-old feud. You know what's so funny? So I released my Paris Hilton episode last week and my therapist, like she listens to the show and she'll probably laugh because I'm bringing her up right now. And she, when we had session this past week, she goes, you know, I think Paris Hilton is a narcissist. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, interesting. She's like, no, no, no. Like I'm not being like, I'm not trying to be funny. Like I, her like psychology and the way that she taught, like talks and interviews and her demeanor like she actually reminds me of a narcissist and it's completely reshifted like the way I think about Paris because I will forever be team Lindsay till I die like the thing I loved about Lindsay was like when I watched old footage of footage of her in like paparazzi walks and like whatever you can so clearly tell she's coked out and she's like 
out of her fucking mind. And it just, she was, she was such a diabolical, but like real person. I feel like Paris is always kind of like, she'll say one thing and then she'll do it the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Like she'll say, if you'll notice my Paris episode, she says, oh, the people that are, you know, accusing Trump of sexual assault, they're liars. But it's Mm -hmm. like, at the same time, she's also alleging that she was sexually abused by Mm -hmm. these people at Provo Canyon. It's like, typically if you're, and I don't want to make sweeping generalizations, but I'm saying like, if you've gone through something very difficult in your life, it's very, it's much easier for you to have empathy for those who have gone through similar scenarios for you. So for her to so easily write off these people that have come out saying Donald Trump sexually harassed me, whatever. And then she's like, you're a liar. But also, by the way, I'm a victim of something similar. It's like, yeah, I know I'm kind of going in all, all which directions, but like, it makes me kind of lift an eyebrow at Paris. And it makes me want to really take Lindsay's Lindsay's hand in all this. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm, I've, will be forever team Lindsay. Like, I just think she's like so talented and she had those pictures come out at, I don't know, like a fashion show with Quinta Brunson and uh, Julia Stiles and stuff. And she looks beautiful. And I don't know. I, I feel like she's really come out of on the like good side. Whereas I feel like Paris Hilton like Lindsay I feel like had bad circumstances with like her family and just being like a child star and stuff you're right I feel like Paris Hilton like it would make sense to me if she was like a narcissist in the psychological sense not the like I feel like layman's term that everyone says narcissist right like the guy I'm dating is a narcissist yeah 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 yeah. totally um all right let's move on are you a real housewives fan No, but so this was the only feud that I like didn't know about because so this is like, again, I really want to get into Housewives and again, it makes sense that I would love it. And like people are like, I'm shook that you have never watched the show. I watched Real Housewives of Vancouver, the like two seasons or whatever. Like, of course. I didn't even know there was one. That's <laughs> like, so funny. Like literally. Um, I don't even was it even on Bravo? Like, I guess it was, but like I've never seen it on Peacock, so I feel like no. No, okay, but like because of where I live and stuff like that, and like loved it to quote it still to this day. But I just sometimes with these series, it's so intimidating because it's like there's so many of them and they have so many seasons and so many episodes. So I feel like, and like there, I know that there's so many guides of like start here, then go here and like stuff like that. But like, yeah, I just haven't one day I will watch it. I should have started it in COVID, but I didn't. And now we're here. It's a, it's a commitment. I always tell people that are housewives novices to start at real housewives of Beverly Hills. I think that's probably. Cause that's the OG season, right? Or OC series. Uh, Oh, OC. OC Oh, oh, of course, because of, yeah. Orange County and everything. Yes, yeah. yeah. Real Housewives of Orange County started it all. And the fight that we're talking about is Kelly Dahl versus Heather DeBrow. So I'm giving you a little bit of background. Yes, and I do know, I don't know Kelly Dodd, but I do know Heather DeBrow and I know her husband and stuff from Botched. And like, so I'm in the world, like, I feel like I can, like, keep up with the headlines, but I don't know, like, the intricacies of the series. But anyways, yes. Yes, please So, (laughs) So what had happened was the women had gone on a trip to Dublin, Ireland. And Mm. Kelly Dodd is known for being an incredibly diabolical, unhinged, no-filter kind of woman, and that's what makes her such good reality TV. And since she's left the show, she's come out as, like, 
just incredibly conservative MAGA. Like, she, oh god. So, so people against the Bravoverse have really turned against Kelly Dodd since she's left the show because I think her Republican freak flag has like really shown. And I'm not saying like whatever. This isn't a political podcast, but like the things that she said are just very egregious. Mm. Um, so she's just kind of known for having just this like unhinged kind of no filter, bull- no bullshit attitude. So Shannon, one of the housewives on the show, she, it's known and documented throughout the show that she has an estranged relationship from her daughter. I think her name is Sophie. Um, so Tamara and her daughter haven't been speaking on t- speaking terms for years. And she had opened up to Kelly, like in a very raw, vulnerable, like moment on the show. And she's like, you know, I've been talking to my daughter a really long time. It really eats away at me. And Kelly was like really sympathetic and was like, you know, I'm really sorry this is going, this is happening for you. Anyways, fast forward to a couple of weeks later in Dublin. Shannon, I mean, yeah. Did I just say Shannon? I meant Tamara. Sorry. Tamara no. and her daughter, Sophie. Did I say, yes. did I say Shannon? No, I think or you just, said Tamara. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Tamara and Kelly had gotten into some kind of fight in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And Kelly says to Shannon, another one of the housewives, when they were all going shopping, she says to Shannon, well, no wonder Tamara's daughter doesn't talk to her. And this like, it just really – Whenever Kelly gets upset, she goes for the jugular and she'll go yeah, where it clearly. hurts. And yeah. Shannon, of course, in True Housewives form, she goes up to Tamara and she'll go, you'll never believe what Kelly said. She said that, no wonder your daughter doesn't speak to you. So they were in, um, it's this really high-end kind of like Bloomingdale's Neiman Marcus, like Saks type department store in Dublin. And they weren't allowed to have cameras in, in this uh, department store. But you could hear the audio <laughs> and Tamara like shoves Kelly and was like, how dare you say this shit about my daughter? I fucking hate you. I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, and they got kicked out of the department store, department store because they were wreaking so much havoc. And Tamara runs into the Sprinter van and she's having a panic attack. She's like hyperventilating and like screaming, crying. And Shannon's like consoling her. And Kelly's just like, whatever. Tamara, whatever. I never said that. Like just, she's being a fucking nut. So this is just the type of person that Kelly is and fast forward when they're leaving Dublin Heather says about Kelly they're all in the sprinter van together it's dark it's like super late I mean super early in the morning they're all going to the airport and Heather goes to all the other girls she goes god I feel badly for her kids for her kid like just like kind of mean like Heather was just like Heather has this kind of like wolf pack mentality where she's the head bitch in charge Mm -hmm. and she will not allow like if she feels uncomfortable she'll make you feel badly about it forever like there's mm-hmm. no apologies with heather like when she's made up her mind about something and she sits on such a fucking high horse that she just she won't be dissuaded so anyways so begins like the last season for heather to on that season of housewives oc because people did not like the way that she treated kelly they're like this wasn't even your battle to fight and here you are saying shit about Kelly's daughter saying you feel badly for her kid like you cross the line Heather DeBro fuck off so that was Heather's last season she's never had a bad season on season on Housewives and Heather of course has come back to Housewives recently Mm -hmm. but she had Mm -hmm. like a good like four or five year hiatus Mm -hmm. from the show but in between Kelly's now off the show Heather's back on the show there's all this celebrity feud between the two of them so when COVID in like Heather DeBro's son is around the same age as Kelly Dodd's daughter. And I guess they run in and around the same, like, group of kids. Of course. Yeah. So I guess Kelly Dodd had accused Heather DeBro's son of giving, I think, 
passing COVID onto her daughter who then gave it to the family. <laughs> and she was like, she said online, she's like, you know, uh, Nick, that, 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 that's Heather's son. Nick went to a party that he saw my daughter at. He gave my daughter COVID and now my daughter gave COVID to everyone else. And this is around the time when everyone was being like the COVID fucking police, right? Oh my God. So then Kelly's Kelly and her husband got in a letter from an attorney that was representing the Dubrow family reminding me that I made a statement that may sound like truth when in fact it was a joke. Okay, no, sorry. This is what Kelly Dog came out later. She yeah. said, quote, I got this letter from an attorney for the Dubrow family reminding me that I made up a statement that may sound like truth when in fact it was a joke. And for that, I'm offering my sincerest apology, she said to Instagram stories. I'm going on the record right now to be very clear. My husband, Rick Leventhal, and I do not know how we caught the virus. And we're both very, very sorry for any trouble we've caused the Dubrow family. Of course she has to say that because she's now getting a fucking season desist. Yeah, that's actually so wild that... They actually did that to season desist. Yeah, that, and that that worked. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> well, the Dubrow family, they are so image conscious that yeah. it makes no surprise to me that they did this to Kelly. But But then what's funny is like, it's so funny because I live in Orange County, right? So, like, I know all the places that they go to. And this place that they go to, Javier's, it's this, like, upscale Mexican cantina restaurant in Crystal Cove in Newport Beach. It's, like, in the shopping center right below where Kobe's family lives. Like, it's a very affluent restaurant. Mm-hmm. And you always see a house-sized person anytime you go. Um, and I guess Kelly was there and she had seen Heather and Terry sitting at a restaurant sitting in the restaurant she had taken a live video of them being like look at these fuck faces look at these fuck faces <laughs> just being like so ridiculous and kelly just can't shut her fucking mouth anyways all that to say tori older seasons of real housewives of orange county when you had this all-star crew when there was this like drama mm-hmm. between kelly and heather i definitely recommend it but what i will say is the most recent seasons of housewives of orange county is complete and utter trash and uh. i want to waste my time like this is the this is exactly what we're talking about where it's like the unhingedness and the unfiltered conversations that people have it's like the same with these people but it's like then the housewives get famous and then they like lock it all up I feel like or or most of the internet drama happens or most of the drama happens on the internet and then is talked about on the show it's not as like fun as in the early 2000s it's interesting you say that because the entire, the most recent season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the entire season was premised based upon Kathy's quote unquote meltdown in Aspen. And they said all this, you know, all this Twitter fodder, all these press releases were coming out saying Kathy lost her motherfucking mind. Yeah. And then on the show, they're trying to peel back the layer of who was it that actually leaked this to the press that Kathy had this alleged uh, meltdown in the club. She had used homophobic slurs she had used racist slurs Kathy Mm. Hilton is alleged racist but it's like we're trying to figure out where the inception of that rumor came from and that's when all the drama became with between Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane versus everyone else right right so it's yeah it's it's interesting the way that Housewives has has taken a turn over the past has evolved yeah you have to and this is why I think this is my theory on why shows like The Bachelor have completely gone kind of moot like extinct yeah extinct because they're not they have this framework of a show that is entirely based upon antiquated and antiquated formula it's like if you're not even going to acknowledge the fact that people have social media presences that people are on the show to gain a social media following which of course you're gonna do i would fucking do that of Um, course yeah 
if you're not going to acknowledge all of that and just make it seem like they're truly in this bubble of like family Christian family values and Mm. you're this person that goes it's just like shut the hell up that is so not what's happening now which is why it's so fake which is why I think love is blind and shows like that are way more relevant right totally that's such a good point yeah because it is like you're not pulling the wool over our eyes like we understand and I feel like the bachelor specifically it's like it's basically a fast track to fame at least to like a level of fame that like you and I are like gunning aspiring to yeah exactly but like Gina and I are saying like it's like it's kind of like when people used to say that about American Idol like oh it's like kind of like the cheater way to fame or whatever it's like same with Bachelor so yeah I I agree that it's these shows have evolved in like some in good ways and like some in bad ways right and the fact that like the Bachelor, they won't even acknowledge, like, social media presence or, or anything at all. It's like, let's just address the elephant in the room here. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, which I guess Housewives does more than The Bachelor. But, um, yeah, it's still, again, a different show than it allegedly was earlier. Than it once was. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. I am not a selling sunset girly. I know you are, but yes. you can probably provide more light into the Tarek El Muso, the most fucking thirstiest ass couple between him and Heather Heather Ray Young. I cannot stand them. They're literally like, I know. even calling them Hollywood is like even a stretch because I think they're just the thirstiest fucking couple. What are your thoughts on Tarek El Muso and Heather Ray Young? Like, hate, like, obviously, but like, it's just so annoying. It feels like she's been pregnant for a billion years because of the content. Yes, Heather. Oh my God. I I thought she had her baby. No, she's literally been pregnant. No, she's still pregnant. Yeah, she's literally still pregnant. Um, and yeah, I just feel like it's kind of like one of those relationships. So you see it, them. Heather, when she starts selling Sunset, has a different boyfriend. Um, I remember that. Yeah, like not an NHL, but like a hockey player that lives in Europe. And so we see like basically her entire relationship or we hear about it because we don't see Tarek till the later seasons. But um, it's kind of like any relationship. Like it kind of reminds me of Carl Radke and Lindsay Hubbard where it's like, do you great analogy great analogy but like it's kind of like do you want to date because you have like similar experiences and love each other and stuff like that or do you want to date each other because you will gain a level of fame that you won't have access to if you dated someone else so it's kind of like those PR relationships I think where it's like it's like maybe like 80% PR and 20% like I don't know, we actually like each other because I don't think it's like fully PR, but obviously they're like having a fucking baby. But like, I don't think it's like all, you know, kind of like the romance that we would expect as like a normal person. Like, I definitely think that there's like ulterior motives. Wait, okay. This is news to me because again, I've only watched season one of Selling Sunset and I did remember the the long distance relationship she had with a guy, but I've never yeah. seen the two of them interact at all. Yeah. What makes you think it's, this is all new to me. So I'm curious, what makes you think yeah. it's PR? Because I've never heard that take. Well, I think that just because of the opportunity. I mean, not fully like, PR. Not yeah, fully PR, yeah. But saying. like, 
I just think it, it, it elevates them to like another level. Like Heather was a side character, like a kind of like a, like she wasn't the, she wasn't the Chriselle, she wasn't the Christine or anything right. like that. Um, but with her relationship with Tarek, I feel like she gets um, more storylines. And then they, because he is like a house flipper and she's a real estate agent, they have parlayed this to now that they're both on each other's networks and television shows, which is fucking Netflix and HGTV. So it's like two of the biggest like networks they're now on each other's shows. So I think it just like makes sense. But then the, like, I feel like that's the more cynical side. Whereas like the more romantic side of me is like, or they just have so much in common because they're reality TV stars and they are like love real estate and, you know, call them passion. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they're together for like real reasons, but um interesting yeah I don't know I just think it's that it's it's interesting to dissect in that way but I do think I the one thing I will give Heather credit for she is she is like fun and she does seem like nice yeah like she doesn't seem like she has like a a a mean bone in her body but I still like I'm annoyed by her and then I will say to um, Christina Hack's kid and Tarek's kids. I feel like she is really like loving and like a good stepmom and stuff. So I, I don't know. As much as I'm annoyed by them, I don't like. I think Tarek might be a bad person, but I don't. I don't think Heather is. I don't know. Yeah, and this this is a good segue into like why we're even bringing Tarek up because yeah. the feud we're about to talk about has nothing to do with Heather. It's everything to do yeah. with his last relationship with Christina Hacks, which, as you said, Christina and him were previously married. They have children together, and they had mm-hmm. this show on HGTV called Flipper Flop, right? Mm-hmm. And they kind of created their celebrity around being this this real estate couple that flipped yeah. houses into incredible, you know, new new rebrands. And a couple of years ago, uh, TMZ initially reported that the house flipping TV stars Tarek El Musa and Christina Hack, after their split in 2016, there was a f- uh, possible suicide attempt made by mm. Tarek El Musa, in which Tarek fled into the woods with a gun to quote unquote blow off some steam, and he left Hack at home with five other guns. I guess so. Like they owned a couple guns. He had. He grabbed one of the one of the six guns and went into the woods to like mm-hmm. a, maybe harm himself. Mm-hmm. And they said, "quote Like many couples, we have had challenges in our marriage. During the process, we were committed to our kids and being the best parents we can be." And they cited a couple of reasons why they were kind of going through a lot of stuff. Like they had there was a cancer battle. They had fertility struggles. Uh, a TMZ yeah, also reported that a yeah. that a PA claimed that Tarek had called Christina a washed up loser, resulting yeah. in the pair of filming separate. They had to film separately for the rest of the shoot on their HGTV show. So did he have cancer? I know nothing about him. Yeah, he had cancer, um, which obviously is, like, really sad. And um, even this, like, possible suicidal ideation, like, obviously I want to take it for what it is. If it's not that, it seems manipulative. But, um, yeah, obviously we don't know what's going on in in people's lives, really. But – he, I feel like, is the type of guy that's always like, I hate drama, I hate drama, but 
finds himself at the center of all of it and like is like the biggest gossip and again he's like sometimes on selling sunset and the um main time like the kind of not in the meantime, but the his biggest scene was him freaking out over Christine, as everyone does on that show. And I feel like his anger seemed a bit like um over the top for kind of like what it was. And yeah. and he um ushered Heather away and was like, We're done filming, we're done like take these mics off us and like all of that stuff and I I don't know so I just feel like he does like the drama even though he's like one of those people that are like I never like want to be in drama it's you know beneath me but I'm like it's really not and he's been seen so because they co-parent um uh Christina and Tarek um they were seen I think this summer maybe last summer at their kids' soccer game, having, like, a full-out argument, like, yelling at each other. Um, obviously in public at his, his kids' soccer game, so. Um, How humiliating for the children. I know, and that was, like, paparazzi and stuff like that. And then they both ended up apologizing and just said, like, co-parenting is, you know, tough on its best days, and, and sometimes it gets the better of us, but... Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I don't have any like I feel like clear examples, but it seems to me that he didn't treat her like this washed up loser comment. That's fucked seems up. very real to me. Like it I don't know. I don't think and he like treated this, her the best. And they say that about the mother of your like your children can read that saying that totally. you call their mom a washed up loser. That's fucked up. Totally, totally. Like for all of the shit that Kim and Kanye like oh have gone God. through, or even Chloe and Tristan, it's like they really make sure that their kids will never hear them like talking shit about their dads. Yeah, and for that's better why or for worse, res- like <laughs> right. That's why I always respect Kim because the things that Kanye said are unforgivable, and I think it goes without saying that no one can support him after he comes out like as a literal Nazi. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really commendable of Kim to kind of – she said it herself. She's like, my my favorite – my best superpower is staying calm. And I think this is a yeah. testament to her just not letting – like, couldn't be me because I'm the most emotional person ever. And if someone pisses me off, like, I will go off on you. But the fact that she's able to reel it in makes me have so much respect for her. And taking it back to Tarek, it's like he just seems – based on just what you're telling me in this story alone, he sounds like an incredibly diabolical, kind of scary guy. Mm-hmm. And something about – I always feel this way on Housewives too when like the husband will jump in on like the Housewives drama. It's like this isn't yes. your battle This isn't your battle 100%. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. makes me wonder like what kind of man are you to kind of jump in on like women's drama? Like Ken, Ken, um, Lisa Vanderpump, Ken Todd, Lisa yeah. Vanderpump's husband would always fucking do that. And it's like you're this old man like screaming <laughs> at Yolanda Hadid like calling her stupid. Like you're an asshole. So That's so funny. I don't, yeah, I don't love this about Tarek El Musso, and this further proves my point that he's the thirstiest motherfucker I've ever met. And like I said, yes. Hollywood is stretch. Yeah, that's the other thing is they're so desperate for fame. Like, it's yeah. so cringe. It's very cringe, one hundred percent. 
Um, all right. Another feud I want to touch on is between Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift. So it's been widely known when Olivia Rodrigo's Sour was released, Taylor was in full support of the album. She tweeted that she like loved the album. She thought it was amazing, which it was. It was a fucking fire, fire yes. flames yes. album. But what I've noticed recently between Olivia and Taylor is not much of any acknowledgement whatsoever. And most recently at the Grammys, Taylor had her Grammys after party at the Chateau Marmont, which is the most iconic classic old Hollywood hotel um, in West Hollywood. She had her, her after party there. Sabrina Carpenter, Dylan O'Brien, all these people were invited. Olivia Rodrigo was not present, which doesn't come as a surprise because it almost seems as if she's kind of created Sabrina Carpenter to be under her wing and she's kind of let Olivia yes. go off to the wayside. And what I I've heard, what I've heard on Demois podcast this past week was that apparently, and this is all alleged, Olivia Rodrigo never gave song song credit to Taylor Swift for her song Deja Vu on the Sour album. And She's later, like, remediated it. She's later given Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift song credit. But because she didn't give her song credit to begin with, it caused kind of a rift between Taylor and her. Do you believe that? Yes, 100%. Me too. Which is, like, really sad. But uh, Olivia and Conan Gray, they're still really good friends. But they did a lot of promo also for red Taylor's version. Like Taylor sent Olivia the red ring and they did a bunch of TikToks, um, you know, like talking about red Taylor's version. And uh, if you see any interview from Olivia Rodrigo from the time that she was on, like not even high school musical, the musical, the series, like her show before that with Logan Paul or whatever. Like Olivia Rodrigo had a show with Logan Paul? Yes. Oh, I had no idea. Yes. Let me see what it's called. It's called something weird. Um wait, that's so random. So she was like a YouTube star? Uh she was a Disney Channel girly. Like, like wow. I'm talking like Disney Channel proper, like uh like Demi Lovato or Selena Gomez or something wow. like that. Wow. Oh, Bizarre no Vark. Okay. So Bizarre Vark was a show with oh Jake Paul, Madison okay. Hugh, Olivia Rodrigo, and a bunch of other people that I don't know. And it was from 2017 to 2019. Interesting. Yeah. I had no uh, idea. Like if she would ever associate herself with the Paul brothers. Yeah. So Jake Paul was on seasons one to two. So and she was on, I think, all three seasons. So ever since then, like, she has loved Taylor Swift and talked about Taylor Swift at any point that she could. She had the song Deja Vu, which people say interpolate Cruel Summer, especially, like, the yelling verse. And then yeah. One Step Forward, Three Steps Back. Dun, 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 yeah, dun, 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 which is New Year's Day. Yep. And obviously the one and the three are 13, which is very, like, very much Taylor Swift's favorite number. And then also- Wait, one I and just, the three, is that the track track number? No, um, it's one step forward, three steps back, which it's like- Oh, 13. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry. And 
the other piece I just want to say, though, is that like Olivia also was, I feel like, really emulating her career, her musical career after Taylor Swift, because she was doing all of the Easter eggs in all of her music videos and like stuff like that. So I felt like it was very reminiscent of Taylor Swift. And then they would always post, you know, back and forth. Yeah. And then we noticed that she didn't post for the re-records of what was after Red. I think it was just Midnight's, right? Oh, yeah. It was just Midnight. Yeah. So she didn't yeah. post for the, uh, like, any of the Midnight's era. And then Conan, which was, again, with Olivia doing some of the um, press for Red Taylor's version uh, was in an interview and he was like, someone was like, what do you think of Midnight's? And he's like, oh, I've only listened to like half of it. And it was like three weeks after the album had come out. Interesting. So like, obviously that was like a little bit shady. So yeah, Olivia like did what she needed to do legally to give Taylor her credit. But the rumor is, is that Olivia's like, okay, well, I'm, like, an up-and-coming star, and you, like, kiboshed basically any chance of me making money. And then I feel like Taylor is, like, you kind of used me and didn't give me credit. And so, I, yeah, I, I definitely I think that they are in a feud. But I, I think also the thing with Sabrina Carpenter is that – Sabrina is, I feel like, having kind of a moment. Yes. Oh, 100% she is. But I think a lot of that is attributable to the fact that Taylor Swift is now literally keeping her under her wing. Yeah. That's the only reason I, I pay attention to her is because Taylor Swift pays attention to her. That's – I feel like that's true. But her song Nonsense went super viral on TikTok. Her concerts are being, like, sold out and, like, everyone is, like – has really good things to say about it and she's just everywhere she's at the Met Gala she's at every red carpet and stuff like that so it kind of sucks but this is the one thing I will say though is like I'm pretty sure I saw Olivia and Taylor hug at the Grammys in the most blurry TikTok video that I've ever seen and then I cannot find it again and I feel like I either made it up or like or it wasn't even them. Like, it, it's so weird. But I'm like, sometimes I do think, like, well, either they hugged just because of, you know, niceties at an award show. Right. Or some of the feud is, like, maybe a bit overblown. But I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. And the thing with Taylor is, like, I would not want to be on her bad side. And I'm not saying Olivia Rodriguez no. is necessarily on the bad list. But it's, like, she clearly is, like, they're not – cool 100 percent, yeah can't deny you can't deny that based on the social interactions the promotions that the cross promo that they do for one another like yeah. something is clearly afoot and the fact that like she so blatantly is buddy buddy now with sabrina carpenter knowing that like sabrina carpenter was the again i'm not like in too much into the gen z drama so maybe i might be speaking out of turn but it seems like olivia rodrigo was blatantly pitting herself against sabrina carpenter and sour i think they've since like made up or like made niceties but like yeah regardless of the fact that like taylor is now making sabrina like her muse is like seems like a subtle fuck you to olivia rodrigo you cannot deny that 100 percent, totally i think also it's interesting that olivia hasn't put out new music but she said it's coming in 2023 because 
this January was t- the two year mark of Sour, which two is years? yeah, which also is just like so wild to me because it feels like it literally came out yesterday. Yesterday it was two years since Sour came out, so since Deja Vu, Driver's License, all of that came out, and um, I feel like most celebrities release either they have like singles or like are on you know like soundtracks or whatever in between album runs or they do album runs like kind of every two years ish and so it's kind of weird that I feel like she doesn't have new music especially because no offense but her last album was like eight songs (laughs) so it's like yeah like to me that's like barely a full album I feel like I'm gonna get canceled for that but it's like I I just feel like it's weird that she doesn't have new music out so my theory is that maybe a lot of it again interpolated Taylor Swift music or was like an ode to Taylor Swift music. And then she wants to redo it because they had this falling out. Oh my God. This is so much tea for like, you know, you know, I'm so glad I brought this one up because I know <laughs> only about like the, the, the song credit of Deja Vu based on what Demois had, had discussed on her, yeah, on her, yeah. on her podcast. But I'm yeah. so glad that you had this extra color because you you knew far more. Than Thank you. I did. Yeah, I have covered the Olivia, Joshua, and Sabrina trio like extensively on my podcast, and I'm like so grateful for it because it's so interesting. But yeah, I just an information to to pop culture. Yeah, it's really interesting. But the Taylor Swift fallout is even more interesting, probably because you're right. You never want to be on Taylor Swift's bad side. And then I also just think like Olivia Rodrigo again, like had this hero in Taylor Swift and to kind of meet her and then have a bad, like maybe interaction with her or whatever. And then not like maybe have a sour, LOL, taste in her mouth about it. And then like lose all the meaningful like maybe you don't want to listen to the music again because you're like mad at her or whatever and so like to lose all of that I feel like is really sad and shitty so I think I think about that a lot too yeah because Olivia seems like a, a very nice girl like I don't think she met malintent whatsoever but now she's kind of put herself in a position where she can't really finagle herself out of it at this point 100 percent. yeah so we'll see what happens because I feel like most of these feuds are have kind of like wrapped up, but the Olivia Taylor one I feel like is still super fresh. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of it, unfolding. Yeah, I was gonna say it's an ongoing story. It, this definitely won't be the, the the just the end of it. I feel like we're gonna yeah. keep hearing things as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Troy, for being here. Can you plug all of your shit so people can find you? Yes, you can find me at RTBP Podcast on all socials, and you can listen to Ready to Be Petty, my podcast, on all podcast platforms. And your Patreon. Yes, and patreon.com slash RTBP Podcast, a little bit more of a unhinged, <laughs> like unfiltered deep dive into a lot of the stories that we cover on my main channel. So thanks so much for having me. I feel like we're going to do a part two. Oh, okay. <laughs> we didn't even get there. We literally got through half of what was yeah. on my list. Yeah. So, like, I feel like a part two is coming to your ears soon, but um, maybe the listeners need a little bit of a break from Yeah, they're like, me. shut up. Yeah. Is this done? yeah. No, I love you so much. I it's, love you too. Oh, my God. You're the best. And I'm so excited. For this. When, by the time this comes out, our Super Bowl live stream will be 
done, but I'm yeah. so excited for that too. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I think it will just live live forever on my YouTube channel, I think, because we won't have any copyrighted music like we did last time with Midnight's. But so I think you can just find it youtube.com slash at RTBP podcast and you can watch Christy and I dissect Rihanna's halftime like live show performance. You guys went before we jumped on. I was like, oh, I'm really excited for our live stream. Like, you know, I'm probably going to get ready because we're going to be on, you know, live. And she goes, I go, how many people do you think they're going to be? Like 20? She goes, last time we did this, there was over a thousand. I'm like, yeah. it's c- come again. Yeah. I was like, girl, full hair, full makeup, full ring light. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> no, like, do I need to get another outfit? Like, I'm fucking scared. I know. Because, like, right now we are in, I'm in pajamas and Same. glasses and my hair is wet. And yeah. So by the time you see us, <laughs> by the time you see me next, Christy will be uh, fully ready for the live stream. I'm going to be in a glam because I look like alfalfa right now. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be full glam. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be famous. Like if you guys, if you guys are listening to this and you didn't listen to the Super Bowl, shame on you. Shame on <laughs> truly, you. Truly. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank Everyone, you. don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all the good things. Follow me on Instagram at xnosall. Follow Tori at rtbppodcast.com and we'll see you on the next one. Bye.